going to take a short break, just probably this week, uh, from our studies in 2 Corinthians. And we're going to look at the subject entitled, Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, or the things that are Caesar's, and render to God the things that are God's. That's the title for our study this evening. And we're reading from Romans chapter 13. Romans and chapter 13. Beginning at verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly, as in the day, not in reverie or drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And may God bless that reading of his word to us. And as I said, our title for tonight is Render to Caesar those things that are Caesar's and Render to God the things that are God's. And we're taking this subject this evening because there is an ongoing controversy in the church at the moment due to the COVID um, problem um, and the, the 
right of governments to ask churches to close its their doors in um, such cases and um, it's being brought to head in America um, because of people like uh, John uh, MacArthur who have refused to go to any longer keep their churches closed when their gov governing authorities have told them to to remain closed and um, their argument is this and this is a quote from a statement that John Piper and his church um, which is the Grace Community Church put out um, regarding this it says and his people we are as his people we are subject to his will and commands as revealed in scripture therefore we cannot and will not acquiesce to the government imposed moratorium on our weekly congregations worship or other regular corporate gatherings compliance will be disobedience to our lord's clear commands now this is based on the um, teaching in the scriptures clearly and those things that we believe too that the lord is the head of the church and the lord's authority is over all things so in the statement he goes on to say this um, christ is lord of all he is the one true head of the church and there are quotes he is also king of kings sovereign over earthly authority more quotes and grace community church has always stood immovable on these biblical principles where well, we all if we are evangelicals we should all be standing on those biblical principles shouldn't we he is indeed the head of the church and we do not recognize the queen or the government or any um, power or authority whether it's religious or non-religious to have that position over the church jesus christ is our head and we only have one head over our churches and therefore we follow him and we obey his dictates he is the king of kings and lord of lords he has sovereign uh, rule over every earthly authority doesn't he and therefore we obey him before and over all the authorities of this world and we we obey him and his laws and his teachings over them all because he is king of kings and lord of all lords they all answer to him and they should all take their lead from him and they should all obey his commandments and his rules and that's what they're in authority to do to lead us in the ways of righteousness and to lead us in those right ways that are good for us and all of god's laws are good for us aren't they we know them to be true we know them to be right we know them to be moral we know them to be just and therefore they are those ones that should um, dictate what the world does and what we do in the world and how we relate to one another in the world and of course how we relate to god so we are, there is no controversy over that in the churches at the moment we all believe that, that the lord jesus christ does have authority over all i say we all believe that i'm talking about bible believing churches reformed churches those that love the lord jesus christ and those who obey his word of course there are churches that don't 
and those churches that will put human authority uh, before um, God's authority and indeed put other religious authorities over God's authority too. And that is growing, isn't it, in the church today. But let's stick to our subject this evening. We won't deal with those things this evening. Let's stick to this. We all agree then that God is over all and his authority is over all earthly authorities. That's not the question, really. And um, to make that the question is, um, is really ignoring the real, the, real, the real question. And the real question is this, what does our head, what does the Lord of Lords and the King of Court Kings tell us that we should be doing and we should be obeying in these circumstances? That's the question, isn't it? What does he say? What does he teach us to do? How does he teach us to behave? Does he teach us to obey those authorities over us? Or does he teach us to ignore those authorities over us and do what we think is right in our own eyes? What should we be doing? And let's turn to our reading this evening and let's see what he tells us we should be doing in these circumstances. Because the Bible is clear that we should be obeying those who are in authority over us. Romans 13 to 1 Peter 2 and Titus 3, these all teach us the same things. We could also turn to Matthew 22, which we will be turning to later, and that great teaching of rendering to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but we'll come to that later. And when we look at this um, chapter, um, verses 1 to 7 anyway, the first the first seven verses of this chapter, we see very clearly laid out for us there what the Lord expects of his people. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will be bring judgment on themselves. So when we look at it, we see very clearly there are some things we should be doing. And in regard to those who are governing over us, those who are in authority over us, whether they're in the church or whether they are um, secular. This is obviously referring to secular because it goes on to talk about um, collecting taxes and collecting the customs um, charges and rates. Those things are secular and they're obviously not of the church. We don't have taxes and customs rates, do we? So um, although I've heard this referred to as solely only being talked about as those authorities in the church, it's a nonsense. It cannot be, can it? So here, clearly, the Lord is telling us a number of things. Firstly, that we have to be subject to those authorities um, and we have to obey them. That's what being subject means, obeying their rule and obeying their ordinances that they place over us. We have to submit to them. And um, um, that is clearly stated here that um, we have to submit and be in subjection to those authorities. Um, verse five, therefore, you must be subject not only through, because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. So submitting to them is very important too. 
And we don't submit to them uh, because we have to. We submit to them willingly because that is what God has put them over us for. Um, in verse one, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. They're appointed by God and they are put in that place and they are put in that place with responsibility for looking after us and for governing well and rightly and justly over us. Doesn't mean that they do, but that's why they are there. Again, in verse seven, we're told to render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So we are to give them their due. And that word render means yield to, yield to. It may be difficult for us to do it sometimes, it may uh, be costly for us to do. We may not think the taxes are right. I can remember that um, Margaret Thatcher tried to bring, bring in a tax. I can't remember what it's called now, uh, but everybody was up in arms against it. And in the end, she had to change and not bring it in. Um, and, um, but for us as Christians, the, the rule is very clear. The government places a tax over us and therefore we should pay it. When you think of the Lord Jesus Christ and his time on earth, you think of Christ in a time when his own country was being ruled by an occupying force. They levied unjust taxes upon the people, harsh taxes upon the people. But what was the Lord's um, response to this? He never complained about the ruling government over him once, did he? He never objected to them. He never did anything to um, oppose them in any way. And when he was challenged over it, whether it was right to pay taxes, his answer was, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and the to God, the things that are God's. So the answer is very clear. We are to give in and we are to yield to governments. Why are we, do we have to do this? And why does Christ, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, after all, he could counter um, our uh, uh, demand, all things that, um, that the ruling authorities put over us, why does he say that we have to obey them? Well, there is a number of reasons given to us here. In verse one, firstly, they are placed over us by God. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. And we have to remember, even if we object to them for certain reasons, maybe you're um, a Labour or a Liberal um, voter, and you object to a Conservative government, but they are placed there by God. And we have to, therefore, respect their position as a, being appointed by God over us. Verse 2, it's for the Lord's sake. 
Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment upon themselves. So we obey because we want to obey God. We are the bond servants of God. We're told that in uh, 1 Peter. And we obey because we are his bond servants. That is what our master, our Lord, expects of us and wants of us. And therefore, it is our duty to obey, isn't it, as bond servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 again, we are um, not to resist the ordinance of God, but to, because to resist them is uh, resist the ordinance of men, because to resist them is to resist the ordinance of God. It says, therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. So we are we are setting ourselves up against God when we are resist the rightful ordinances of men, the just and the good ordinances of men and those that they have a right to expect us to obey. We bring judgment upon ourselves. Verse two again, as we read just then, and we don't want to bring judgment upon ourselves. And in the wisdom of God, he is not, doesn't expect us to bring judgment upon ourselves in those circumstances where there is no reason for it and there is no, um, there is no gain in it for the glory of God. So he doesn't expect that of us, friends. He expects us to obey those who are over us so that we can live a peaceable life. And so that we can live and show the world how true Christians um, do live. And in, in 1 Peter, we are told to do this because we put to silence the ignorant and foolish men. Those who would blame us, those who would say that we're the troublemakers in society. Well, we can turn around to them and say, well, how are we the troublemakers in society? We are the obedient. We are those who, who follow. Um, uh, um, and who obey um, the um, ordinances that are put over us. So in all, for all these reasons, and for conscience sake, it says, we should be doing these things. We should be obeying um, uh, uh, those who are set over us. But this can go too far. I remember um, uh, being in a, a discussion about this and um, certain people were very adamant that we should do everything that government expects of us. So when um, they expect us to do something that is against God's law, then we have to submit because it says be subject to the governing authorities and um, they expect that they took that as meaning that we can never dis, um, disagree with them and we can never go against what governments say. Well, that is not so, is it? And God does not expect us to do things that are against his law and against his, his teaching. So what do we do? We know that governments can be um, fallible, don't we? We've seen it in our own government. We've seen them passing laws that are directly in opposition to the teachings of God's word, opening up 
marriage to same-sex couples when the Lord Jesus Christ and God clearly teaches that it should be for one man and one woman. That is the, that is the teaching of God. And um, that going against that is blatantly to fly in the face of the teaching of God's word. And God does not expect us to obey that when, we're, when um, the, the world expects it of us, then we have to disobey and we have to stand our ground. We have to stand on the teaching of God's word. So the question is, how do we know? How do we gauge how far we should go? Well, let's look at that teaching in Matthew and chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 21. Well, let's read from verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they said to him, their disciples, with Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, this was a big thing um, in Christ's time because the Pharisees taught that we shouldn't, they shouldn't be rendering anything to Caesar at all. They're, a pet, they're pagans and they shouldn't be offering up anything to such men, or there were Pharisees that taught this anyway. Um, others um, taught that no, um, they, they should be giving to Caesar and uh, paying their taxes to Caesar as good citizens. So what was the Christ's reply? But Jesus perceiving their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought to him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Now, this is very important, friends. The Lord is telling us that we do have a responsibility to render to Caesar or to render to those who are governing over us those things that are due to them, those things that they have a right to expect us to yield to them and give to them. Render to Caesar the things that are his, as far as he can go, and as far as he can expect us to, to give to him, then we must give it to him. What is his? What does he have a right to do? Well, he has authority over us. And in that authority, he has a responsibility to care for the four people, to look after their interests, to protect them from danger, whatever that danger may be, and to, and to keep them safe and to provide for their needs. That is what... A government is in place for. It's not in place to make itself rich and powerful, 
It's not in place to um, bring about its own laws that are uh, in favoring itself and not favoring others. It's there to be just and righteous. It's there to, yes, to do those things that God has taught, uh, has um, demanded of it to do. So now let's go back to Romans and um, chapter 13. I'm sorry I'm taking you backwards and forwards, but I want you to see this. Verse 7, it says, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour. So that's quite, um, quite a few, few things there that we are to render to Caesar. Taxes, they, they lay taxes upon us. Those taxes, we may not like them. We may think they're excessive, but they are taxes that they have a right to lay upon us. Customs to whom, custom to whom customs, those custom charges when we're bringing goods into the country or we're sending goods out of the country. Those customs that, um, you know, mean that we have to pay VAT on goods and things like that. Again, that may seem harsh to us, but it is a way that the government has to, um, to finance itself and finance the things that it needs to do or it wants to do. Uh, for the for the country, fear to whom fear? Well, that fear is, is something that we have to remember because again, God says that we should obey them because of wrath and because that we can bring judgment down upon ourselves if we do not obey them. So yes, we do have to fear them, don't we? In that respect, and um, we do have to fear what they can do with the power that they have. And so we do have to fear um, and rightly respect those who are over us. Honour to whom honour. And again, um, they, if they are worthy of honour, then we should show honour towards them. Now, what does it say? Owe no one anything except love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So let's think about this in, in a sense of rendering to Caesar or yielding to Caesar what is Caesar's. What, is, what are we being told here? Well, we're being told here the very things that Caesar should be involved in, that we should all be involved in, that are the laws of God. You should not commit adultery. You should not murder. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. You should not covet. Those things are the things that, Good laws are based upon, and good laws are trying to um, stop and um, to encourage the right motivations and the right thinking in society. Those are good laws because the government is there to look after our interests. 
our physical interests and our physical needs, are they not? Now, the overriding commandments, or it's all those commandments, if you like, are all summed up in this one commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that should pervade all that the government is doing. And right laws and good government, you, that is what it's about. Loving your neighbor as yourself. That great commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why are they asking us to close our churches? Are they asking us to close our churches on religious grounds? No, they're not. In fact, they have asked everybody to close, not just churches, but swimming pools or nightclubs and bars and restaurants and hotels and airports and all these other facilities, they've asked them to close. All religious um, venues, they've asked to close, not just churches, but synagogues and um, other temples and other places where people worship and gather. Because it's not about the worship. It's not about who you're worshiping. It's not about how you're worshiping. It's about the gathering together and the spreading of a disease. That's why the government asked us and required us to close our doors. And that's why we were willing to obey them, because they were obeying that law of love. They were obeying the law of God. They were doing what they were there to do. They were there to look after the health of the people. Love your neighbor as yourself. And they were seeking to make, make a situation where the, this germ could not spread or not spread so easily. So cutting people off from other people was the only method that was available to them at the time. There may be a time when we have a, a cure for this or, a, or a, um, uh, something that will stop us catching this, but there it, it hasn't happened. And so um, the government is thinking of bringing in and has brought in other uh, measures after opening up after lockdown, other measures that may mean we have to go into lockdown again. And will we obey them? Yes, we will obey them because we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are to look after the interests of not only our congregations and our brothers and sisters in Christ, but we are to look after the interests of those around us as well. And therefore, we know that it's the right thing to do to protect society. Now, there are those who think it's excessive. But that's only their opinion. That's their opinion. But when you see the hundreds of thousands of people who have died through COVID, it's hard to it's hard to actually agree with them that this is not a serious situation that we are in. And the government is willing to go into almost bankruptcy to stop the spread of this terrible virus. So we believe it is the right thing to do, honoring the great commandment of God to love your neighbor as yourself and to obey those who are over us 
when they are asking those things that they have a right to ask of us, to look after the health of ourselves and those around us. They have a right to ask that and expect us to do that. Again, I say, friends, they are not asking anything on the basis of religion. Their, their request is on the basis of health and the safety of those around us. Now, one last thing because before we stop, and we have to stop very soon now, Hebrews 10. Just look very quickly at Hebrews 10. If you don't want to, I'll read it out to you. Hebrews 10 and verse 24 and 25, it says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, some people have turned to this verse and say, well, that's the verse that we should be obeying. Well, friends, why? Why is that the overriding verse that we should be obeying? Of course, we should be obeying it. We should not be forsaking the, the uh, assembling of ourselves together. It's very important that we meet for um, congregational worship and the praise of God and the sitting under of God's word. And we have a great opportunity when we do meet together to stir one another up to love and good works. And that's part of meeting together. It's part of fellowship in the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? That stirring up of one another. But have we, have we broken this commandment of the scriptures, this principle of the scripture? Well, we haven't, friends. As soon as we were able to open up and open up safely, and we at work, those who opened up and churches have opened up around the country and in other, country, in, in other countries too. We are eager to meet together, eager to worship the Lord together. We are willing to take certain risks and everything is a risk in the, in, in the world, isn't it? Going out um, um, is risks being run over by a car or a tree falling on, on you if there's high winds or whatever else, but we all go out. We all do the things that we have to do, don't we? And there's in, inherent risks in everything, even in your home. There are risks in turning on the television or just turning on the kettle or whatever else we do in our home. So there are risks. But if we take the precautions that the government asks us to do and those things that we I think are sensible to do, then we can open up, can't we? And we have opened up. So what about the time that we were closed? Were we forsaking the assembling of ourselves together? Well, friends, no, we weren't forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The word forsake or neglect, I think some versions um, have neglect there. Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together. Um, is a willful act on our behalf, refusing to meet together forsaking it, um, casting it off as though it's nothing, casting it off as though it's unimportant for us. That's what the word means. It doesn't mean um, putting it aside for a period of time for the health and safety of those around us. It's not something that we do lightly. It's not something that we, do, we want to do. 
it's not something that we would choose to do. It's something that is we have to do. And that is not um, um, restrict, um, restricted here, is it? The forsaking of ourselves together is a deliberate act of, of um, turning away from this commandment of our God. And what we are doing is an act of mercy. When the Lord Jesus Christ um, was challenged over um, helping a, a man who had a withered hand on the Sabbath and healing him, he, he called um, those hypocrites up and he told them if they had a donkey or a ox or something that had fallen into a ditch on the Sabbath, they would get to, get to it and they would take it out of the ditch because we should be showing love and mercy to those around us. And that's what we're doing. We're showing love and mercy to those around us. We are not willingly, but we are doing it out of necessity, closing our churches in the time of great need so that those around us will be safe. So we are obeying the law of God and we are being faithful to the scriptures and to the teachings of God when called upon in these dire circumstances to do such things. We are right in obeying those who are around us if they have a legitimate right to ask us to do these things. And they do, don't they, friends? Love your neighbour as yourself. So to sum up, friends, these things are not required of us on religious grounds. They are required of us on health grounds for the good of all. And therefore, as those who are following the Lord and want to honour and glorify God, we should be obeying these things. And if we don't, and if we cause problems for those around us, then we will bring the name of the Lord Jesus Christ into disrepute. And we do not want to do that, do we, friends? Not over something where we should be caring for those around us. Well, let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, we come into your presence and we do praise and thank you, Lord, for your gracious love to us. We thank you, Lord, for your word that leads us and guides us and teaches us and helps us in these difficult things to do what is right, to do what is pleasing to you, to do what is glorifying to your name and will bring honour to your name and will all be for the good of your people. Lord, bless us and help us always to follow you and to keep to your word. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name.